Today's episode of Onto Waveland is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Hey, welcome, folks. It's On to Waveland. It's the podcast here at The Athletic about the Chicago Cubs. I am Brett Taylor here with Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. You know, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting too good at the intro. Like it's getting too autonomous. Um, and I gotta, I gotta work on that. I need to add a little um, either intentional, unintentional mistakes to it or like a little zest, little flavor somehow. Cause it's, you know, I don't know. Every, po- every podcast starts kind of the same. I don't like that. So I'm going to work on that and hear me explaining can, it is actually we can part- work on virtual distractions for you somehow. Like interrupt there you, you go. or somebody send you texts yes, like so you're text me something distracted. deeply inappropriate while I'm <laughs> introing and we'll just, we'll leave the reaction on live. Uh, so, okay. So, uh, we are here. It's uh Friday afternoon and it always feels it feels increasingly necessary to note when we're recording in a um, you know sports landscape or otherwise where things change rapidly. But yeah, we're here on Friday afternoon. It's the end of the first week of April, which um, you know I don't want to assume that everybody is kind of tapped into the way um, there are certain cycles that run throughout the course of the calendar that are tied to sports and business operations and so we've you know entered the second quarter and i think unfortunately given the um, obviously the pandemic we're dealing with but the associated shutdowns of businesses that we're dealing with we're we're probably going to see a a rough quarter um, hitting all kinds of corners of the economy nobody's really special or spared entirely from the impacts of this but one that hit pretty close to home this week uh, was a, a, a round of reductions and layoffs at the score here in Chicago. And um, I know that a lot of us have, you know, different relationships with the station, whether it's as a listener, as a guest, as, um, you know, whatever the background might be. But I think we all um, are familiar with some of the talent that's uh, unfortunately being let go. And, you know, just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that because it's, it's, anything that impacts the sports media world feels big to me. Like I feel a kinship with it. And I just, it's sad that um, we're all going through this challenging time together and just wanted to give some love to those folks and, and hope for the best. Yeah. The people at the score have been really good to the athletic in general. Uh, the, it, personally, I've been going on the score for years Uh You know, I got my start in sports radio, but in this business in sports radio, but also when I started to go on the writing side, it was the score people that had me on a lot and helped me get my name out there. And, you know, I owe a lot to that exposure. Uh, I mean, even the the iteration that one year or nine months, however long the game lasted, uh, Connor and I hosted a couple baseball shows. So I know Connor well. 
it, it just sucks. It, it's sad to see that, you know, a show that was doing well is kind of broken apart. You know, good producers losing jobs, Julie losing her job, uh, uh, not seeing Schuster. I'm sure Schuster will be around because he has so many other jobs. I hope he'll be around when baseball starts up again because as uh, there's nothing quite like seeing David Schuster work a clubhouse. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> uh, listening to him when there's a rain delay. Uh, like I already had it in my mind. Baseball would return, would have a rain delay, and Schuster was going to complain, and I would have just gotten a chuckle out of that because we've all waited for sports to return. <laughs> and I already was picturing that and enjoying that moment, silly things like that. So hopefully a guy like Schuster is still around because he's just been there uh, for as long as I can remember. It, it sucks to see these type of things happening, but, uh, you know, the score is just, it's, they've been around forever, and you, you get used to certain people being on the airwaves. Uh, and hopefully, you know, when, when things, if and when things get back to a better place, uh, they'll, they'll land on their feet still in this business. But um, it, it sucks to see... Uh, other companies going through that and uh, it just gives me it reminds me to thank the thank our listeners thank our subscribers uh being there for us right now because uh without them uh who knows where we'd be so uh much love and appreciation to them and i just wanted to highlight julie and uh maggie hendricks who's done a lot of work for the athletic uh as well uh i've been on their show uh, a handful of times but i think most importantly they brought you know, a different voice to sports media in Chicago uh, as as females, as, you know, thoughtful uh, kind of hosts. Um, they really brought uh, a lot to the table um, and kind of, I think, made people on Twitter, uh, made listeners, you know, think differently. I think that's just kind of an issue uh, across the board uh, in media when you you know, kind of look at a website and see all the headshots, or if you look around uh, the interview room, say at, at Wrigley Field or um, press boxes across the country, you know, you get a lot of people who look the same. And um, I really thought Julie and uh, Maggie kind of differentiated themselves and just wanted to wish uh, best of luck to them uh, in whatever comes next because they're really talented and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, land in pretty good spots here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think these, you know, I don't know that we have a comparable to this extreme of a situation, but whenever there are these disruptions, I think there is that risk that the collective voice can be harmed if we don't think about the things like what Patrick is saying and think about the way Sahadev expressed it, that we are very fortunate to have the support of the listeners and the subscribers at The Athletic and the readers at Bleacher Nation. And, um, you know, we don't we don't take that lightly at a time when, um, you know, it's a it's a tough economic time and the live sports component of what we do is not there right now. And so, um, you know, hopefully we can still do some things to keep folks informed, entertained. And we just we really appreciate it along the way. And so so much love to you folks, much love to the folks at the score. And um, yeah, so we'll 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 keep checking in periodically with, you know, kind of the goings on at a industry level, because I think that's an important part of this story, too. But circling back to the on field sports world, 
Um, Jason Stark of The Athletic wrote today a really interesting and important piece, uh, you know, a piece that kind of poked at my brain in some ways that I hadn't been thinking. Um, so obviously, let's, uh, let's talk about baseball. So coronavirus outbreak, baseball shuts down, uh, various layers of the sport, from the big leagues to the minor leagues to amateur ball uh, are impacted. And we know that one um, planned outcome right now is that the draft this year, as part of an interim deal between the players and the owners, it's going to be pushed back into July. It will be shrunk to somewhere between five and ten rounds uh, from the usual 40. And um, the compensation structure for players, amateur players, may make it slightly less compelling to sign up this year. Um, and collectively, the impact there at a very obvious level, and we've talked about this, is that you're going to potentially have this glut of players coming to colleges on the expectation that they would be able to play. You know, that that, that ecosystem is built on the idea that, uh, you know, top players will leave after their junior year and a significant volume of incoming freshmen will not actually arrive because they will have been drafted and signed and seniors will of course be out the door when they graduate well with that season canceled you've got seniors who now have another year of eligibility you've got juniors who uh, a large large number of whom will not be drafted and then a lot of incoming freshmen who will not be drafted and or not sign um, and you're going to have just a really overwhelming volume of players for colleges that they have committed scholarships to that they can't necessarily provide. Um, that's that first tier level that I think a lot of us who follow baseball and think of it and think about the amateur game as a component of the professional sport. It's troubling and challenging, um, and it was something we were going to be tracking. But among the things that Jason Stark got into in this great piece is actually about college football. And what a lot of us, myself included, hadn't really been considering is, you know, if college football specifically, I mean, you could, you could include college basketball too, but if college football were impacted significantly by a continued period of shutdown and wasn't able to operate uh, the way it normally does, the financial impact to universities across the country would be devastating. Um, and that would, of course, because of the way the funds are distributed, uh, that would trickle to baseball, which is not necessarily at, at most schools is not really a revenue producing sport. Um, because then not only would you have the glut of players who were expecting scholarships, you'd have significantly less money to actually fund those scholarships available. So you may see a further reduction in scholarships. And so this one-year event because of the way its tendrils uh, extend could have a a profound impact on the talent supply of, of uh, elite amateurs playing baseball you know at a competitive level and so that's not something I had really considered when you you know I, I just don't think that much about college football but um, when he when he teed it up that way I think that it's going to be really, really important, and that's why we're talking about it today, for us to keep college baseball, all of the layers of things impacting college baseball, on our radar this this year and this summer in particular. It, immediately what I think of uh, when I hear all this is 
just the not just the amount of talent that you know won't get scholarships and whatnot but the but the amount of talent that may be pushed away from baseball in general just you know kids who would have considered going to college or hadn't chance to be drafted that may just go that are athletic enough that they may go a different route they may just not get into baseball altogether there's all sorts of impact here for not just you know not just college baseball but just baseball in general and the talent flow that's coming in uh to the professional ranks you know it's the combination of how college is impacted and the draft is being shortened already the draft being shortened felt like a great way to push talent away from baseball and when i say great i mean that you know not in a good way uh so it's baseball's already been struggling with getting talent into uh to come to their sport they've they've struggled with uh making college baseball as relevant as the other two you know as as much as college football and basketball and uh the scholarship system had always felt tenuous with college baseball i mean put it all in perspective like that and suddenly you're talking about uh a really bad situation for college baseball and baseball the just the influx of talent it just seems like this could be disrupted for a while i don't know guys i mean you can say the sky is falling but i'm just reading a story here from noted public health expert clemson coach dabo sweeney saying he has zero doubt we're going to be playing and the stands are going to be packed for football season so Clearly, self-awareness um, <laughs> and kind of like uh, is not, you know, a great quality for the college sports industry. Um, one interesting thing I did read yesterday in USA Today was kind of a column on how Iowa State's athletic director to kind of make up for the shortfall from projected revenues from you know March Madness and the conference tournament was to get um some pay cuts um from the highest paid coaches in their athletic department and this column by i think dan wolkin's name was you know kind of pointing out this could be uh, a reckoning or kind of a, a recentering of priorities because this uh, iowa state ad makes the point of you know if we're you know we can't meet our budget and then we're you know laying people off and then putting them kind of on you know the the public unemployment roles and that's irresponsible. And, you know, <clears throat> we live in a world where Jimbo Fisher gets $75 million guaranteed from Texas A&M uh, and the coach, the players, the labor get zero. Um, so I don't know, that's maybe going off track, uh, but I think it's just kind of, as we try to, you know, put our, wrap our brains around, uh, this crisis, I think the ripple effects are going to go on for a really long time. And um, it's going to touch all sports because it's touching you know, every every part of our everyday lives right now. Yeah, I don't think that's off track at all, really. I mean, I think that, again, Stark's article underscored for me the interrelationships between um, the financial side of these things and the sports which then ends up connecting to professional sports. And like you said, the economics uh, also really do end up, you know, by extension, 
they spider web their way out to connect to things that maybe, um, you know, maybe you don't care about um, college athletes being paid, right? That's a controversial topic. I think a lot of us have um, compelling beliefs uh, on that topic, but like maybe you don't care. But the reality is the way that in a an environment that's so disrupted right now, the way that that economic system is going to wind up impacting things that you do care about um, is probably going to be really surprising to us as this shakes out. And so um, I do think that you're right, Patrick, that this we're going through a terrible time and it's and it's going to be a terrible time. There's no denying that. But you do have to be open to the possibility that it provides an opportunity to reshape the landscape. And whether that's um, certain compensation inequity that you mentioned, we could talk about and various inequities in baseball. And, and we have talked about um, the competition structure in baseball and how that the re, you know, if they have to reformat a shrunken season this year, it will ultimately provide an opportunity to try some things out that might have been harder to try out in a typical environment. Um, and so I guess the, the broader point, stepping away just from the baseball and the college football aspect is, is yeah, that the, the Jason Stark article just kind of reopened my eyes to remembering that as we proceed through this disrupted period of time, those, those ripple effects, you know, are um, really going to come up and surprise us. And, you know, you think about, I was just thinking about, um, another article I just saw on The Athletic, I think it was is it David Kaplan um, who writes some of the business stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. He wrote a, a fascinating take. Folks got to check it out about what it's going to be like to attend professional sporting events in a post-COVID world. Um, and about like, you know, post 9-11, that was when we started doing security screenings at, at ball games. Remember, that didn't used to be a thing. <laughs> and now we just sort of take it for granted that that's part of the experience. And, um, you know, post-coronavirus, it might be that you get your temperature taken when you go to a sporting event, or it might be that you have to carry a certificate that says, look, I'm immunized, or I've had it and I got over it, or whatever. And um, just all these things that, that end up coming to us in the sporting world, but that you just, um, you don't, you, you realize now as we go through this, that this is, a, this is gonna reshape a lot of things. I think that's what, uh, when, when I heard what Patrick just said, that. Dabo Sweeney was claiming I think that's what's so upsetting about hearing that it's a total denial of of the reality of the situation and how even if things when things get better it doesn't mean we just go back to normal and that the world was this exactly the same and our lives are just back to what it was right before it just it seems uh, either in total denial or you know not paying attention to reality it's a it's a little disconcerting to hear someone that People are going to just take that as gospel. And, you know, I, I get being optimistic. I, I want that, too. But it's it's just not it, it seems out of touch with reality to say that by what when when does college football start? Like, doesn't it start in like August? And he's suggesting August. that <laughs> that, it, that there's going to be packed college stadiums by then. I, I mean, I hope so. But that just seems like just to be 100 percent sure about that. uh that that's just rah-rah nonsense stuff that that seems out of out of touch with what's going on 
and, and how to actually, you know, cope with what's happening. I guess you also have to be, you know, open to possibilities that break in a positive way. And just in kind of reaching out to some people this week, you know, it's all speculation. Um, you know, no one can know for certain, but, you know, this person, you know, I was texting with thought, you know, maybe, you know, June could be a possibility. I'm not saying that this is like breaking news or anything like that, but I think this is just how a lot of people with everyone stuck at home, kind of talking to people they know and kind of looking at the calendar and being hopeful. Um, you know, we can't close off the possibility that maybe we will be uh, pleasantly surprised. We obviously, you know, don't know um, at this point, but I think you're right, Brett, in that when it does come back eventually, it'll be hard to go back to kind of Dabo Sweeney's America um, in terms of, you know, everything feeling like it was, uh, say, the, the first week of March or wherever you kind of draw that before uh, and after point when sports shut down. Yeah, I think that ultimately it's like we're having six different conversations about the same thing and it's it's the uncertainty <laughs> and it's the uncertainty of, um, you know, like we said, the ripple effects of things that will change and be impacted, which is which doesn't have to be scary necessarily. Although, I mean, because, look, we're not telling you anything that you're not already thinking about yourself. So we don't need to focus on the scary potential ripples. Some of it's just interesting, like the baseball stuff, like the um, the college football stuff, like some of that's just flat out interesting. And I think it's also uncertainty that anybody who tells you right now, as we sit here today on this Friday, what is it, April 3rd, um, that they know um, – you know, like Dabo Sweeney did, you know, we'll be there in September kicking this thing in its teeth and we'll be playing packed. Uh, no one can know that. But just like anybody who tells you, I'm, I'm getting real tired. Can I admit to you guys, every time I've got to write something about timelines, which I've got to <laughs> cover this, okay? The first six or seven replies is some Yahoo who thinks he's the first genius. He, by the way, because it's always a guy. Is like not going to happen. Get ready, buddy. There's no sports this year. You're, you're being an idiot. There's no sports. And I just want to be like, there's no special prize for being the most doomsaying a-hole. Like, you do, there's no, you're not special. Look at the other replies. You're in a bundle with a bunch of other idiots. You don't know. No one knows. Dr. Anthony freaking Fauci doesn't know what's going to happen. So, like, stop. Stop. There is a perfectly reasonable and fair chance that some version of sports will come back this year. That is not a Pollyanna position, okay? It is certainly possible. We're, we're just saying that to, to pretend as though you know for sure that's going to happen is silly because the experts don't know. Just like to pretend for sure that you know it isn't going to happen is equally silly because the experts don't know that either. <laughs> the same thing happened to me Thank right? you. when that, that was the Had first comment on one of ours that was the first comment on one of ours and i was just like really this is this is what i have to read the first thing on a piece that patrick and i put some good work into and now you're just gonna be a doom doomsayer uh, that's not what i need right now so i i, I feel you on that one we gotta get back to um <laughs> we used to do this a lot so i have and i used to do this a long time ago uh it was and i think it was like before mean tweets was a thing you know we'd, we'd read the, the tweets and make and be like yeah 
this is what uh, this is what people say. It, it ends up being kind of funny. Uh, you know, <laughs> didn't Adam Jesse, did Jesse Rogers ever do that? I know that was his. There was uh, a video. Yes. On ABC. There was 7. something. He was maybe got like Miguel Montero or something to do it. And yes. I think he, he was yes. toying around with the idea of resurfacing it. And I was like, I don't think he'll get a better dude than Montero to go along with something <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, see, we can still have fun. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start uh, starring a few of those just to kind of have in reserve <laughs> for like uh, an episode where who's got the doomiest boner? Uh, I'll read it. <laughs> Um, so do we, do we have to dump that Adam? Do we have to dump out Doomiest Boner? Is that, uh, <laughs> Only if you say All it right. If you have to ask. <laughs> do, am, am I allowed to say Doomiest Boner? Uh, that was Michael Seaver's uh, best friend, by the way, Boner. That, that, we had a whole TV show that had a character named Boner. That's, that's pretty wild to me still. <laughs> Uh, so, out of text, if you have to ask, the answer is no. <laughs> oh God! Well, I'm I'm sorry for making that boner, Adam. Uh, so, thank you. You're gonna want to not ask me to title this episode, Adam, because it's probably gonna have boner in there. <laughs> hey, we're look at this. Look at this. We're ending. We're ending with the laughs. We can still have the laughs. Um, in all seriousness, <laughs> Adam with the text, boners are us. Uh, that is, I believe, yeah, we're, the, the little name change on the way onto Waveland is becoming boners are us for the foreseeable future. Uh, but seriously, folks, uh, thank you again, not just for listening to this episode or last episode or subscribing and rating and reviewing, although I do want to say thank you for those things. Thank you just, again, for the sense of feeling like... Um, we're still able to all participate in this world. And uh, it's just nice. Nice to be here with Sahadev. Nice to be here with Patrick. Nice to be here with Adam. And to do this, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you for supporting sports media through, look, there's a million people in this world who have it harder than we do and who need our love and support as well. But um, but definitely, if you have an opportunity to just extend a kind word to, to a sports writer or sports um, radio person in your world or sports TV person in your world, give them a little love. It's a tough it's a tough time right now. So, um, again, much, uh, much love and thoughts going out to the folks at The Score. And uh, we thank you guys again for listening. Make sure to check out Patrick and Sadev's great stuff at The Athletic and don't immediately drop the doom boners on them. You can check my stuff at Bleacher Nation, and we will be back at you soon. Thanks again, guys. Bye.